BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 5. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal, Season 5. It's already here, the season finale. Season 5 has flown by for me. And we're going to go out with one hell of a true paranormal experience. One that involves serendipity, fate, and of course, terrifying paranormal experiences. But before we get to that, a quick announcement about the end of this season. As you'll know if you've listened to The Dark Paranormal for a while now, we alternate seasons back and forth. So, season 5, which we're just completing now was a true listener experience season. Which means next season, season 6, we revert back to the more famous paranormal experiences. Hopefully some of which will be new to you, and the ones you know, we hopefully put a new slant on. As always, we'll be taking a short two-week break from producing the show whilst we work on the next season. So, after today's episode, the launch of season 6 will be on Friday the 4th of March. Mark that date in your calendar. Of course, that premiere of Season 6 will be out days earlier for our Patreons. We've formed a wonderful group of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over on our Patreon. And in joining our little team, not only do you support the show, but there's also no break in play for you in between seasons, as you will continue to get the Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites, each and every week. So, to support the show, receive ad-free episodes of The Dark Paranormal before anyone else, and get access to the exclusive Patreon podcast, Dark Bites, and its entire back catalogue, we'd like to extend an invitation solely to you, to join our wonderful team. Head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal, just like these wonderful new Patreons have. 
Larazo Medina, Bree, James Greach, Tiana, Erica, Misty Williams, Jess Rowlands, Cassandra De Louise, Rachel Lindley, Brianna, Andrew Lawler, Krista Erickson, Jose Garcia Banilla, Laura Duddy, Mandy Fitzgerald, Harley Perry, Taylor Wellborn, Melissa Hancock, Rosie Holgate, Catherine Morrison, Just Zero Three, Emily, Jennifer, Cora, and Jordan. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoy all the extra content and, of course, the sneak peek of the premiere of Season 6 before anyone else. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. And now, for the finale of Season 5 of The Dark Paranormal, we ask ourselves quite a few questions, such as what can happen when the past actions of our parents catch up with us? Where exactly is our tipping point from scepticism to belief? And what happens when our rational mind lets us down and we're left facing the dark paranormal? So, for the final time this season, lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, leave your disbelief at the door, and join me as we hear all about the tortured soul. My story is one which I don't think you'll have heard the likes of before. Well, maybe in terms of some of the activity, but certainly not in how it links to my family. My name is Adam, not my real name, of course. I'm a university lecturer in the northwest of England, you see, and, well, students would have a field day if they heard this story, especially given what I specialise in which again, for safety's sake, I won't reveal. However, all anonymity aside, everything I'm about to tell you is the absolute truth, even though it goes against everything that I know to be possible. If we were to meet in a pub, I would tell you that the paranormal is nonsense and it's all in your mind. I'd probably even laugh and quickly change the topic, but deep down... I know that that would be a defence mechanism. You see, even today, I can't rationalise or accept what happened. Because if I did accept it, so many other pillars of my belief system would topple. So I buried it. I'm genuinely hoping writing it down and sending this to you will allow me to make some rational sense out of it and I can finally remove it from that place it sits in my mind, and I can go back to being 100% rational again. However, I don't hold out much hope. When I found out I was successful in attaining the position with the university, I opted to move closer to the city. Following my failed marriage, I moved back in with my parents who lived in a suburb a few miles out. They were both retired. My dad, a former fireman, and my mother, a retired police sergeant. You'd expect with such parents in those type of fields that my upbringing would be a regimented one. But nothing could be further from the truth. I was their only child and they spoiled me rotten. When I was a kid, I got away with murder most weekends. They truly were the sweetest, kindest people. So when my marriage fell apart, they welcome me back with open arms. I know it's almost frowned upon to move back in with parents, but, as I say, 
our relationship was excellent and it was actually a much-needed positive to be among such caring people in such a traumatic time. As time progressed, I began dating my now-wife, Amanda, again, not her real name. And even though my parents were exceptionally accommodating and liberal, it began to get a bit awkward if I wanted her to stay over, especially if it was for a few days running. So everything kind of came together when I was offered the position at the uni. I could afford a place of my own, and, fully healed after my divorce, I could look at furthering my relationship with Amanda. Mum and Dad were away for a week or so, and Amanda was staying with me. We went looking at houses to rent near the uni. I was torn between two particular properties. One I was more keen on than the other. However, clearly so was everyone who viewed it, and it was eventually taken off the market. So the decision was made for me. The second house didn't look much from the outside. It had a rather unpleasant two-tone brick colour, as if a second new floor was added to a bungalow, new bricks on top of old. But that aside, it actually had a lot going for it. It was literally walking distance to the uni. It was centrally located, but on a quiet street. Amanda seemed to like it too. Yes, this would work. I called the agency and paid the deposit in the first month's rent there and then. Amazing. I once again had a place of my own and was genuinely excited for the future for the first time in what felt like forever. Mum and Dad came back a few days later and as a thank you for all they'd done, I took them out for a meal to their favourite restaurant. What's all this about then? asked Dad as we sat down. He was smiling, but I could tell he was slightly anxious, and I knew why. Well, this meal's a thank you for taking me back in, and to say, I've got my own place, I said with a big smile. Dad sighed a huge sigh of relief. He thought I was going to say Amanda was pregnant. It's funny how you can know your parents' little quirks so accurately. I thought you were going to say, Amanda's pregnant, both my mother and I said at the same time, before all three of us burst into laughter. That was quick, son, said my mum. We were only gone a week. Yeah, agreed Dad. So tell us all about it. Where is it then? He smiled. Well, do you know Grendel Street, just near the monument? I asked. Both of their faces visibly changed. Yeah, I know it, said Dad. Mum just glanced at Dad, then back at me and forced a smile. Dad followed suit with another forced smile. What number? he said. Well, this was disconcerting to say the least. Um, 17, I said. Dad looked at Mum and they pulled a sympathetic smile at each other. Mum then reached out and touched Dad's hand. What? I asked. "'smiling but clearly anxious. "'Dad leant forward and tapped his right ear. "'Fuck. "'Dad's ear. "'Dad's badly burnt ear. "'His ear was half the size of the other one. "'Growing up, we didn't talk about the incident. "'As a family, we looked forward and never focused on the bad. "'It happened when I was about six or seven. I remember my aunties coming to take me to stay in their house for a few weeks. And when I returned home, 
Dad's head was bandaged, and he was off work for what seemed like ages. He told me he'd banged his head and that was all. When I was in secondary school, I eventually pried out of my mother that Dad and his colleagues were called to a house fire, but no normal house fire. A woman had purposely set fire to her own home with her two children inside. Due to some horrific custody battle where drugs had been involved, Dad and his colleagues, thankfully, managed to get both kids outside and safe. The mother, however, died in the blaze. It was in the process of this god-awful event that Dad had suffered his severe burns. And it turns out the house was 17 Grenville Street. Or as I called it since the day before the meal, home. It also explained the two-tone brickwork Oh, I had no idea that that was what... I wouldn't have got it if... Dad shook his head and waved his hand, smiling. Nonsense, it's just bricks and mortar, son. Mum nodded in agreement with Dad, then cleared her throat. Hey, that area's gone all upmarket now. There's bakeries and cafes and little cake shops. They're springing up everywhere. I meekly nodded appreciating their attempt to normalise what must have been a shocking piece of news. Look forwards. Don't focus on past bad stuff. This was our unofficial family motto. So with that in mind, over the next few weeks, I set about decorating. Given what I now knew, I had an overriding desire to make the place as light and bright as possible. I wanted the place to scream, Look, I'm okay! The first time mum and dad stepped over the threshold. I would stay late into the night, painting coat after coat in each room whilst listening to a small radio, which I borrowed off my dad. And it was during one of those nights I experienced my first weird thing. Though remember, I didn't believe in these things at the time. It was around 11pm and I was in the back bedroom painting on a small stepladder. The radio was plugged in next to me and tuned to some late-night talk station. The ladder had a small platform at the top where I could rest the paint tray and a cup of tea, and a smaller section to the left to hang brushes from. I turned to the left to holster the brush I was using, and when I turned back, something caught my attention in my peripheral vision to the right. I turned just in time to catch the flex from the radio looping from the socket about three inches from the floor and moving in a wave towards the radio. And then the radio was knocked over, like when you do a whipping motion with a cable. The radio stayed on, however, and I just stood there completely still with a bewildered look on my face for a few moments before moving down the stepladder to pick up the radio. I bent down to pick the radio up. Something breathed in my ear. I swatted at my ear and staggered back. I was panicked, but I convinced myself it will have been a moth or similar. However, I quickly packed up and set off. I didn't do any more decorating after dark for a while either. Another thing that completely unnerved me was that Amanda, who I never told the story of the house or my father to, came downstairs while she was setting up a wardrobe and asked me to go up to the landing with her. I asked why and she said, 
Just come on. Tell me if I'm going mad. Intrigued, I followed her to the landing at the top of the stairs. Can you smell it? She said. I sniffed. Paint, I said. Oh, it's me then. Ignore me, she replied. Why, what can you smell? I asked. Well, every now and again, I keep getting a really strong smell of smoke. The calm shrug and shake of the head that I'd done did not match with the utter chill that ran through my body as she said this. Must be from outside, I said, trying to convince both her and me. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Finally, the house was finished, and I invited Mum and Dad over to take a look. Amanda was full of flu that day, so she couldn't make it, which was a shame as I kind of wanted Mum and Dad to get used to her being there from day one, so we could be seen as a more permanent couple. The car pulled up outside, and only Mum got out. I went to the door to greet her. Hi, son, she smiled. Listen. Your dad's just not ready yet. He will be, though. I'm going to take some photos for him so he can see what you've done to the place, and that should help. Oh, God. I hadn't figured just how traumatic this would be for my dad. 
I knew it would be tough, hence me wanting to make it all as fresh and bright and welcoming as possible. But clearly this was beyond even my wonderful, always look forward, dad. Instantly, I felt like the worst son on the planet. Seeing my disappointment, mum, as usual, done her best to boil proceedings. Hey, come on, let's have a cuppa. Where's Amanda? She asked as she walked through the living room and took her coat off. Oh, she's not feeling too good. Listen, mum, I'm really sorry. I don't know why I didn't realise this would be so hard for dad. She tutted. Nonsense. He said it himself, it's just bricks and mortar. He knows he's being daft. He'll be round before you know it. We sat and talked. Mum asking me about the new job, about Amanda, and casually throwing in, remember you've always got a home with us if you need it. Ever the safety net. When we finished our drinks, Mum pulled her little camera out of her bag. I'll just take some for Dad before I set off. So I watched the cups as she walked round, firing off photos from different angles. I heard her come downstairs, stop halfway, then continue and walk in the living room. Right, I'll be going, love, she said and kissed me on the cheek. She stepped out to the path and said, Listen, love, I didn't go in the front room because I could hear Amanda wheezing. Sorry, love, I didn't realise she was here. I hope it didn't wake her up, the poor thing. Get some lemsips in. She waved, got in the car and drove off. I stood, frozen on the step. Amanda wasn't here. She was in her own bed, in her own home. I decided to leave the front door open, should I need to flee quickly, and turned to head upstairs. I crept up slowly. Sure enough, the bedroom door was shut. It wasn't previously. I'd opened every door. Light and bright, remember? Halfway upstairs is when I smelt it for the first time. Smoke. But damp smoke. Like a bonfire the morning after a night of rain. Then, I heard a female cough. Just once, I fell faint with fear. The front door was open, so I couldn't tell if it was from outside or inside. Or, more specifically, from that room. I inched forwards, slowly gripping the doorknob and adding more and more gentle force until it clicked open. I counted to three in my head and then swung the door open and then the front door slammed hard. I actually shrieked and jumped. I quickly peeked over the banister. There was no one in the hall. In a complete amped up state, I jumped into the bedroom. No one here. All as it was. I slumped down against the wall, breathing heavily. Of course. I looked at the small bedroom window, which was slightly open. Of course, I thought. As I've swung the bedroom door open, I've caused some sort of suction, and the through draft has caused the front door to slam. Ah, good. I'm just letting my brain run away with me. That's all. It's a completely... As I watched on in shock, the duvet began pulling itself to the floor. Pulling itself. Not due to gravity or any known force of physics. I literally seen the corner of the duvet being pulled horizontally out from the bed. I edged on my backside towards the door, 
and on making it to the landing took the stairs three at a time, opening the front door and running out to my car. I could rationalise none of this. I just didn't know what to do. Defaulting to the only safety that I could guarantee on, I headed to my parents' house. I parked up outside just down the street, turned off the engine and steadied myself. I needed, for my own sanity, to not just burst in and start shouting about ghosts. No, I would calm down, control my breathing, and then go inside. I took one last deep breath, forced a smile, and turned the key in the front door. I don't know what I was expecting to happen here, but part of me hoped just being surrounded by my parents, having rational conversations, would allow my brain to subconsciously wear away and find the obvious rational explanation I was clearly missing. However, any hopes I had of taking my mind off things were short-lived. As I entered the living room, Mum and Dad barely acknowledged me. They were too busy staring at the screen on Mum's digital camera. Dad held it in his hands in one of the dining room chairs, and Mum was peering over his shoulder at the tiny screen. Mum looked up with a serious expression. Hello, son. I smiled. What's with the serious faces? Dad glanced up with a similar expression to my mother's. Son. Has anything weird happened in the house? What? This was not the sort of question my logical father would ask. Like what? I replied, but I could feel my throat going dry. Look at this. He turned the camera around to show the small screen. It was just a picture of the stairs in my house. What am I looking for? I asked, shrugging. Look at the very top of the picture, and then move to the next picture, said Dad. Mum watched on intently for my reaction. At the top of the picture, there was what I initially thought was a shaft of sunlight on the wall, at the very top of the stairs. Looking more closely, I could see it was actually in front of the wall, as opposed to on it. And now, it looked like smoke. Clicking the right arrow to the next picture, I almost dropped the camera. It was a photo of the landing, or more specifically, it should have been a photo of the landing. Instead, a grey smoke covered the entire centre of the image. Only the peripheral details were visible. The door handles, the banister. Is there something wrong with the camera? I said turning the screen back to mum and dad. Dad leaned in and squinted to see which photo I was referring to. Keep going, he said, leaning back in his chair. I didn't want to. None of this should be happening. I clicked the right arrow. I gasped. My hand involuntarily came up to my mouth. The grey smoke from the centre of the previous image was now forming a shape becoming less transparent. And it was the shape of a person. The remaining pictures were just all grey. No details could be made out. 
I looked over at mum and dad. Your mum thinks that's her. The woman who died in the fire. Even through my utter shock, I still managed to force out a fake laugh. Come on, ghosts. Mum nodded. Listen, son, I didn't want to say anything, but when I was coming down your stairs after taking those pictures, something stopped me halfway. How do you mean? I asked. Something physically stopped me. Only for a second. But in that second, something pulled my shoulders back. Like it was trying to keep me upstairs. When I left your house, I had to pull over and try and rationalise it. And I did. I thought maybe I had a muscle spasm or something. But when I got home and showed these pictures to your dad, well, she shrugged. I think it was her. I laughed the most forced laugh in my life. Deep down, I was shaking like a leaf. Listen, this place has a history and we know that more than anyone. And this camera's ancient. We've put two and two together and come up with ghosts. And you did have a neck cramp. That's it. What's more likely? What I've just said or that the ghost of a woman was trying to trap you in her house and was posing for photos? Mum smiled. But Dad didn't. But my little speech helped me. Hearing my own words back to myself made me question what I experienced myself, which was very much needed. We changed the topic and eventually ordered a takeaway and had some wine. In truth, I purposefully drank more than I would usually to give a reason why it would be best to stay over which didn't involve being terrified of my own home. That night I slept like a log and I woke to a text from Amanda. She was feeling much better and wanted to come over for lunch. I felt better myself. My mind had rationalised what it could and shut out what it couldn't. I felt in a much better place mentally. I stopped at the supermarket en route home and picked up some pastries for us to have when she arrived and I eventually arrived home. The place felt normal. Fine. Homely, even. I walked upstairs and checked my bedroom. The duvet was still on the floor in a ball. I unfurled it, laid it out, and returned downstairs just as Amanda pulled up outside. I watched her get out of the car and walk up the path. And then... She waved at the top window. I ran to the door and opened it, and she jumped in surprise. How did you get down there that quick? I took a deep breath. I was downstairs when you pulled up. She looked confused. So, who's upstairs? No one, I said. But I've just seen someone walk across left to right. I stared at her, thinking what to say. Come in, I said. You're not going to believe this. Amanda sat mouth open, whilst I finished telling her what happened. Eventually she said, I don't know what to say. I sat back and shrugged. Well, it explains why you smelt smoke too. She stared at the table in bewilderment. A pained shriek came from upstairs, followed by what sounded like someone angrily stomping about at speed. 
Everything became a blur as we bolted through the front door to the safety of the street. Once outside, we heard nothing, and through the windows we saw nothing. In the following week, I moved back in with Mum and Dad and gave my notice to the letting agency. I explained the backstory of my dad having bad memories attached to the place and it being the key factor in me wanting to leave. Now, although very much a trope, the letting agent genuinely said, Can I ask, did anything strange happen? It's just, we can't seem to keep a tenant in here for love nor money. I stayed silent and then said, No. Mind you, I don't believe in all of that anyway. And it's on that terrifying tale that we will leave season five. I know if, like me, you've listened to that story and thought to yourself, how can you still deny the existence of the paranormal when you've experienced all of that? But if you listen closely, he only denies the existence to people he meets and people he comes into contact with. We must remember that not everyone is as open to these things as you or I. So, until Season 6 debuts on Friday, March the 4th, I'd like to sincerely say thank you for joining me here on The Dark Paranormal for Season 5. Of course, if you can't wait that long and you still need your weekly fix, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. You can also get us on the Repod app, the app where you can listen to shows and chat to the hosts. But until we're back with Season 6, remember, when you're discussing the supernatural, try and leave your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here on The Dark Paranormal. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.